Bayside Chad and Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate his love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoyed today's message. <sighs> well, that leads me to bring to you that special treat that I talked about. You might be getting a little bit interested as to what's the, what did it get us down here anyway? What is this treat? Well, I'll tell you what. I just am so excited about all the different things that happen around this time of the year. And I'm just so filled with joy and peace and, and a whole lot of good things that I just think giving is such a wonderful thing to do. And I look forward to receiving, but I'm going to be giving you today an amazing symbol, a symbol that represents what this whole time of the year is about. And everyone here can enjoy it. So can I invite my special guest today to bring this special symbol all the way from the North Pole. Give it a round of applause for Santa, everybody. Wow, he's looking so fit. Santa, good to see you. I've prepared a special place, Santa. Can you, can you plunk? The, I'll give you a hand. We'll this is our centerpiece symbol for this amazing time of year. I love this season. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and it's so good to see you. Wow. Thank you. Well, don't melt in the sun. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Santa. Oh, don't you guys love my special symbol? It represents all that we've been talking about. Hope, joy, and peace. Isn't it grand? Um, love these books. Bro. What? I'm still talking. It, it, is, it is a Christmas tree. Just... Um, Give me a moment with my brother. <laughs> I think we might have got our lines crossed. I know. You said uh, the seasonal event? Yeah, I know, the event. season, hope and joy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, um, 18 months into planning, man. <laughs> well, hi, everyone. Welcome to our special Easter, Easter Sunday service um, today. Um, round of applause for Santa... Guy and um, actually, bro, don't 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 go anywhere. We we can we we, we can make this work. Um, just just give me a, just give me a second. Morning, everyone. Uh, just gather my thoughts for a second. Uh, my name's Chad. Uh, if you don't know me, I get to preach about Easter today, and uh, so I'm looking forward to looking forward to that. If you're part of our church family. Uh, why don't you put your hands together for our vis visitors. This is a time of year that we do have uh, guests and, uh, and visitors with us. And uh, it's great to, great to have you here and to see your, your smiling faces. Uh, just to uh, remind some of you, if I gather my thoughts here for a sec, uh, those of you who are part of our church family know that today's our last day. We've had seven weeks uh, to pitch in for our massive outdoor living space that we're going to be building sometime in line of our 20th birthday. Those of you who don't know, Bayside's celebrating our 20th birthday this year. Uh, another great 
time of the year for presents and too much food. Uh, it's birthday times and uh, so we are building a big outdoor living space out here and our people have been giving generously that the last few weeks. So thank you for doing that. We'll let you know last, uh, next weekend how we go. Happy Easter. Happy Bro, Easter. could you just um, maybe just take the tinsel off here and, and we'll, um, we'll, we'll see if we can't do something with this today. Uh, Jono, can you just put that verse up for us again? What have we got here? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope, joy and peace, they really are Christmassy words, aren't they? Um, joy, hope and peace. You know, one of the things about that makes these words so Christmassy, uh, besides the fact they're all over our Hallmark cards at that time of year, uh, is that these feature very strongly, of course, in the Christmas story. We know as a church, our last preaching series we did toward the end of last year uh, was called Good News of Great Joy. One of the first things that the angels do <laughs> at Christmas time when they come to the shepherds is they say, we have good news of great joy that will be for the people today in the town of Bethlehem a son is born a king of David is born to you and uh, as they continue to talk to the shepherds the whole choir come from heaven and they declare favor God's favor uh, over people and peace to all people on whom his favor rests they declare joy and peace and so joy and peace are very very much a part of the uh, Christmas story yet as you read the Christmas story these, the joy and the peace, are very much written in an anticipatory way. Uh, it's very much there is a Prince of Peace born who will bring peace to the earth. Uh, there is a message of great joy because God's favour is coming. It's very much a future declaration of anticipation of what will happen with this Christ child and while Zoe my six-year-old asked me this week dad what's your favorite time day of the year is it Easter is it Christmas is it show and tell and I said I think my favorite season of the year is Christmas time I do enjoy the summer I do enjoy being down the beach most days although uh, yesterday and maybe again today might uh, uh, have that as well but uh, I do enjoy the summer period but from a spiritual significance from a theological perspective, from an issue of what God has in fact done, I personally believe that Easter is more important than Christmas. Easter is Christmas fulfilled. Easter has all the potential, takes all the potential and the promises of the Christmas season and it sees them as being realised. How have you gone, bro? It looks a bit better. You take off the um, the stars and the you know, the baubles and the and the green bits. We don't need we don't need those green bits in. And so where was I? Peace, joy, and hope. Very much an anticipatory part of the birth of Jesus. Yet these things are not something that are future promised at Easter. The events of Easter tell us that these things are a done deal because Jesus. The king born, full of potential, realised that potential on this weekend in his death, burial and resurrection. And so peace and joy are a now present reality on this side of the cross of Calvary. 
And so we notice the very distinct present tense of this verse, written post-Calvary, in light of the Resurrection Sunday that we celebrate today, where Paul announces that joy and peace are yours now. Joy and peace, true peace, a peace that goes beyond understanding, the greatest peace you can ever know, the peace that comes from you knowing that you've been made right with God. I mean, our peace comes and goes. Diet, certain times of the whatever cycles you have, we've all got our own cycles, different times of the year, different events in life, joy and peace can wane, but the greatest peace that matters the most is the reconciliation peace of you and me knowing that me and God are right, that I'm right with God. And it was the done deal at Calvary, it was the it is finished and it is completed moment that guaranteed that peace so it is a peace for us today. Not a potential peace, but a peace that is guaranteed today because Jesus succeeded in his work. And so in the same letter, in the book of Romans, a few ten, 10 chapters earlier, Paul says, because of God's grace demonstrated through the death of Jesus Christ, we have, present tense, peace with God. How many of you right now today enjoy peace with God? Come on, this is a now reality, knowing that I can approach the throne room of grace, not hoping to find peace with a God who may be angry with me, at me or may be happy with me. It all depends what kind of week I had. No, I confidently approach a holy God with complete peace in my heart because Jesus' work was a success 2,000 years ago at Calvary. Easter is the fulfillment of the peace promise and it is guaranteed to those of us, as this verse says, who are trusting in Jesus. Peace is a guarantee and so my friends is joy and so Peter the guy Thursday night who had the sword and cut off some guy's ear because the lighting was bad Peter says in his letter he says right now today even though many of you have not seen Jesus with your own eyes he says you have an inexpressible joy that overflows in you because you are receiving the goal of your faith, which is the salvation of your soul. You have joy today because you have salvation today. I don't have joy today because in the hope that one day I will know God. I don't have joy today because one day I may get to see God. No, no, no. I have joy today because today I have salvation. Today, I've been made right with God. Today, I can approach God with confidence. Today, I can look back at an event from 2,000 years ago and know that it succeeded. I have joy today. I have peace today. And so peace and joy are very much Easter words, aren't they? Of course, that's exactly what you thought earlier. How did you go? Got rid of the baubles. <laughs> I said get rid of the... Oh. You did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Get rid of all those green ones. We don't oh, need that. man. Get rid of those. Get working, man. They look good. Actually, take, the, take some of these red ones off as well. Um, can I have my Bible? Where's my... Just behind you, babe. Uh, John chapter 20 speaks of that first resurrection day. And we see these words appear uh, in John 20 and verse 19. This is the day, the night that Jesus was raised. It says, that evening the disciples gathered together and because they were afraid of reprisals from the Jewish leaders, they'd locked the doors to the place where they were meeting. But suddenly Jesus appeared among them and he said, peace to you, peace to you. 
shalom. He said, peace. First word Jesus utters when he meets with his disciples at his resurrection is he pronounces peace on them right now. Then he showed them the wounds of his hands in his side and they were overjoyed to see the Lord with their own eyes. Peace and joy, words for this season. Jesus then repeated his greeting, peace to you. And he told them, just as the Father has sent me, so now I am sending you. You know how the Father sent me and he filled everyone with a hopeful expectation of what I will do? Well, that hope has been fulfilled. You see, God is not called the God of hope just because he gives or promises hope. God is the God of hope because he fulfills hope. He's a promise maker, but God is a promise keeper. And so in that same passage in Peter where he talks about inexpressible joy, he talks about how because of Jesus' resurrection, we now today have been born again into a living hope. It is a fulfilled hope. We have the work of Jesus, as he promised, accomplished. Christmas was fulfilled at Easter. And as the Father has sent me, so now I now give you a new hope to extend this message in the rest of the world. He said, I send you... Uh, taking a deep breath, sorry, he blew on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Joy, peace, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, that verse we looked at, all here in the Easter story. I send you, he says, to preach the forgiveness of sins. And people's sins will be forgiven. But if you don't proclaim this, then how will they know forgiveness is even available? If you don't proclaim forgiveness of sins... They'll remain ignorant and guilty. Christmas might be my favourite time of year. But to me, Easter has the greatest significance. Easter is all the potential of Christmas that's been realised. One of the reasons maybe we celebrate Easter... Uh, well, Christmas, we celebrate in December. We know Jesus probably wasn't born in December... But it is a good time of year for Christmas because it's kind of the closing of a year as we look forward to something new. We're looking forward to what might come in the new year. Easter is a time of remembering exactly what has happened and will never change. The solid reality of Jesus, a saviour that died and was raised today so that joy and peace can be ours now as we trust in him. And so this is a time of the year where we eat, we drink, we holiday, we go to the beach if the weather's appropriate. This is a time of year, like all festivals, where there are symbols that remind us of what we celebrate. Maybe at Christmas you have a nativity, you might have baubles, tinsel, all this paraphernalia. Uh, you might even have a Christmas tree. But there is a symbol that is greater than any of those put together, and it is the symbol of the great accomplishment that happened on this weekend. What you got there, Brian? Of all the symbols that speak to what Christ would do, this one speaks of what he has done. 
a bloodied cross, but an empty cross, where Jesus was not just announced as the Prince of Peace, but where Jesus was literally crowned the King of Kings. Easter is Christmas fulfilled, and that is a reality that we can live in today and every day from here on in. Guy, thank you, mate. Well done. That's, that's good. Hand of applause for Guy. I'll have this. You know, maybe like me, your preferred time of the year is Christmas. Some of you here are on holidays and uh, you get a bit of mixed weather. Well, this, this year we didn't get much of a summer. But, but maybe unlike me, you actually prefer the message of Christmas. Maybe the message of a baby born in a manger is a bit easier to swallow than a king that died a cruel death. I'm not going to lie to you, the message of Easter is a tad more confronting than what happened at Christmas. Maybe you prefer baby Jesus, meek and mild, over a saviour bloodied and scorned. Maybe you prefer uh, far more comfortable with a little baby than you are a king who has been crowned. Maybe the images around Easter are confronting to you, and that's okay. In fact, that's kind of the way God planned it. You know, someone asked me once, what's the significance of the resurrection? And there's a number of them. But one of the things that Jesus said about him rising from the dead was that it was going to be like the sign of Jonah. Bible literate people understand that fairly well. Jonah basically died, okay? He was gone for three days and then he came back. And people knowing that Jonah had basically survived a whale, okay? He'd come back from the dead, as it were, after three days. They really knew that they better pay attention to him. Pay attention to this guy. I mean, look at how the acids burn, stomach acids have burnt off all his hair, okay? You listen to this guy when he's survived a whale of a time. But <laughs> Jesus was the same. Coming back from the dead meant that Jesus fulfilled one of the most unlikely promises he'd ever made. And that's confronting. Because it means if he was right about that, then what else was he right about? Was he right when he said that I am the way and the truth and the life? Was he right when he said you can only come to know God through me? Because if he was right about his death and resurrection, I'm pretty safe to say he'd be right about that too. Was he right to say that eternal life is only to be found in me? There is no other way to the Father but through believing in me. Was Jesus right to say that? Well, I think it's a pretty safe bet. That he, if he was right about his resurrection, then we better pay attention to all the other claims that he made. This symbol and this time of year may be not as palpable as meek and mild Jesus, as I said earlier. It's confronting to think of Jesus in the garden. It's confronting to think of Jesus in the cross. How many of you remember the first time you saw Mel Gibson's Passion movie? It's confronting to think about an empty tomb that people were willing to die for, people that were scared of a little girl just days before were now willing to die and give their, put their life on the line saying that tomb is empty and it's because Jesus was faithful. Those realities are confronting. And yet many of us have faced that confrontation and have discovered the joy and the peace that comes 
when we accept the reality of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago on this special weekend. If you're here today and you haven't, maybe, as I said, you're more comfortable with Christmas than with Easter, that's understandable. I want to encourage you today, like many millions of us have, and today around the world, millions upon millions of people who know and love Jesus today are going to remember this empty cross. I encourage you today, Jesus is faithful to his word. Everything that he said about himself is true and will prove true. And he is very, very much worth paying attention to, even when his claims are confronting. If you don't follow Jesus today, if you don't trust him, I really want to encourage you to take a step today and entrust yourself to him. He was faithful with this promise against all odds. And he will be faithful to the promise of gifting you life beyond your grave. Because if there's something that an empty cross demonstrates to me, is that death is not the final word. There is life beyond this. There is an eternity that is at stake. And if Jesus is true to his word, that confronting reality, do I believe him or not, then he is the only guarantee of eternal life. To receive that gift, as, to, as you receive gifts at Christmas, as you may receive gifts today, simply to put out your hand and say, I accept. Despite the confronting reality of it, I accept that Jesus paid a price on Good Friday that I could not pay of my own. The forgiveness of sins is available to me now. And the peace that comes with knowing that you've been made right with God and the joy that comes that know, knowing that you and God are okay will be yours, as Romans 15 says, as you trust in him. I encourage you today, trust in him because Jesus is alive right now. And that is why we celebrate Easter weekend. Isn't it, everybody? Can we have that verse back up, Romans 15? I'm going to get the musos to come as well. Why don't we remind ourselves of this story? Actually, why don't you all stand to your feet? Can we do that this morning? I'm going to actively bless you with these words today, just like Paul originally did to his audience, because this is a present reality that I'd like you to receive. If you've never received Jesus today, maybe even just where you are, receive him. Just say, Lord, I receive. I don't understand everything, but I accept the fact that I need to be made right with God. I accept the fact that there is an empty cross, that you're alive today. I acknowledge you. And as best as I know how, I'll trust my eternal destiny to you. And I'll entrust my life to you. I want to speak this over you this morning. Church, Bayside,rs visitors, strangers, first-timers. There is a God of hope. And today, He fills you with all joy, an everlasting, eternal joy that supersedes any earthly happiness. He fills you with all peace, a peace that goes beyond understanding, that is eternal and everlasting, a peace that comes in the knowledge that you and God are okay. 
And this comes to you as today you trust in Him. As many of you did yesterday, as many of you will tomorrow. But as you actively say today, Dad, I trust you. Jesus, I trust you. Holy Spirit, I trust you. May joy and peace be yours. And as you do this, you will not only have these things, but you will overflow. Because even Resurrection Sunday is not the end of the story. You will overflow with hope for what is yet to come. And this comes to you by the power of the Holy Spirit that is with you right now. For as tough as it may have been for Jesus' disciples to say, I've got to go, it is far better for you and I that there is not one man that carries the presence of God on the earth, but there is an invisible and ever-present spirit that is with each one of us today. And may that spirit bless your heart, bless your mind, bless your body, and bless your relationships today, filling you with hope, with joy and peace because of an empty cross, a crowned king, and a throne in heaven that is occupied forever. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for filling our hearts with joy and peace. Thank you for continuing us on the journey of trusting in you. And no matter how long we have done so, I say today, I want to learn to trust you more. I want to learn to trust you more. We're going to sing this song. It's going to tell something of the story of today as we celebrate. I just want to ask one little favor. If you're here today and this this is just something that's really resonated with you and you've never actively said, I trust Jesus. I'd love to know if that's you do that for the first time today. You're like, whatever you've said, Chad, some of it means something to me. I want to trust Jesus today for the first time and entrust my life to him, both here and for all eternity. Entrust my eternal destiny to him. You may not even fully know what that means, but you know today you want to do that. You've never done that before. I'm looking at you. Can you just wave, wave at me and just say, I actually want to do that today? And I just want to pray with you. Anyone here? Over, over here? Anyone here in the middle? This side? Anyone say first time? Okay. How many of you want to do it? Renew a sense of, I trust you today. Let's do that. Let's remind ourselves of what he has done. A God who is entirely trustworthy. And pray that his hope, joy and peace floods our souls. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.